This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. Where, court, we all know that everybody should go to the news feed. That's with a giant Z for Zupan's mm-hmm. in the news feed. Because you're always going to find some deal or uh, excellent discounts that they have at Zupan's. Um, for instance, this week, you'll find, if you're interested in these things, free-range boneless chickens, chicken breasts, heirloom oranges, Haas avocados, uh, primal kitchen dressing mm. and marinades, and of course, a lot more. Just yes, so you can see it all there. Yeah, and you would have found out about their Sumo Citrus. The Sumos have arrived. These are those big winter citrus favorites. They're large, easy to peel, seedless, which I love. Nothing's worse than eating an orange and having a seed inside of it. I'll be well, there are worse things in the world. However, okay. <laughs> I'm going to say Maybe. I'm going to say that peeling <laughs> those Sumos, man. Oh yeah, I love that because it's they're like the. Um, what am I trying to think of the tangerine? The the not the tangerine, the, the like the halos or the the mandarins. Yeah, the little smaller easy. ones. Yeah, you pop that peel off. You're eating it within two yeah. minutes, Juicy, uh, two seconds, two seconds. Yeah, it's super easy. And the nice thing about Zupans, when you walk into the produce area, these sumos are right there at the front. Can't miss them. Yes, and also you check that news feed for the wine specials because they have, uh, they'll have they'll run different specials every month, mm-hmm. and of course. Uh, Zupans has events and they have some nice wine tastings and wine events, uh, at, in both of, uh, all of their stores actually in Burnside and at Lake Grove mm-hmm. where they're also doing, uh, in the Cellar Z at Burnside cheese school Sunday, January 20th. This isn't just any cheese school. This is Alpine cheeses, Chris. Who wouldn't want to do Alpine cheese school? We're, we're talking about your Emmentals, your your Gruyères, the stuff that like you know that you traditionally would pair with wine. Dude, this you is did the that, stuff. You did that without notes. Oh no, I I love Alpine <laughs> cheeses. Like I I have been to the city of Gruyère and it is awesome. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. So have you? Are you a French onion soup fan? I'm actually not. Oh, I love it. And I've recently <laughs> I, discovered I love a onions, and I, and I love Emmental, and I love Gruyere, and I love I love everything that makes a good French onion soup. I just don't like French onion soup. Really? Yeah. Maybe that's... I, it was my first date ever. I ordered French onion soup. Yeah. And it, pro- it should have had me off dating for my whole life oh, right, because right, it's no, so you, sloppy and ridiculous. And then, and then your breath afterwards, if it's you, good. I oh, mean, man, I didn't even take that into account, but I... <laughs> I just making a fool of myself right. was uh, was the first date, so yeah. that was a great experience. But uh, uh, speaking of dates, um, Zupan's great spot yep. for a date. Elf. Just go down there. Uh, believe it or not, I'm doing that tonight. Oh, there you go. Nice. And have a little date in Zupan's prior to dinner. Huh. You get, they got the poke. You can get, you can make yourself poke. You can do a salad. They got the soups there always. Always the, the they have entrees in the in the right. deli a area. Taste a few things. And back to the cheeses. Just to wrap this up <laughs> nicely with a bow. You can buy cheeses in a lot of places, but at Zupans, you can actually have somebody there that can kind of walk you through the process and talk to you about what you're buying. Right. There's not. It's not just a beautiful section. There's someone who can every, make suggestions. Every time I've been there, there's been somebody say, hey, can I help you with anything? And they've been able to answer any questions that I had. So Fantastic. Go to the three locations. You mentioned two of them, Burnside, Lake Grove, McAdam. Yes. And don't forget Zupans.com. All right, here we go. Once again, it's time for Portland's Food Scene Podcast. It's right at the fork with your host, Chris Angeles from Portland Food Adventures. And, of course, the voice you just heard was 
Court Johnson of Kink.fm mm-hmm. and other and lots of famous things you've done. Yeah, you know, uh, Chris, I, I I have actually launched a podcast with my wife via Kink.fm called Unholy Matrimony. Really? Yeah, we just we we rolled it out last week. It was it was requested. I'm not supposed to sound surprised by this. But I didn't know. You didn't know because uh, it was it was requested by the bosses, and we just kind of started doing it. Wow! Yeah. So you're throwing lamps at each other and, during the podcast. We're, we're going to get close to it, man. It's like it's like pretty raw. It's almost like therapy. Oh, we'll have to listen to it, and then I can use every anything that I hear against you. Any, oh, yeah, absolutely. No, we're. <laughs> I, I mean, when when it all comes to an end, there's going to be so much against each other. Like the lawyers are just going to throw up their hands and be like, "I can't help you." Well, you know, you're allowed to go public with any negative discourse right now, and it doesn't count against you any longer. Okay. So, All right. Um, but it reminds me of, I once had my best friend years and years ago, he and his wife went on Sally, Jesse, Raphael, and aired their dirty laundry uh, in front of the country. And yeah. It was absolutely hilarious. And needless to say, I hope your marriage affairs way better and longer and forever right than theirs did because theirs was over a long not long after that appearance <laughs> well that's kind of like next level if you decide to go on that show i think you're just kind of just you're like all right this is the beginning of the end right yeah i, I they thought it would be fun but right. i couldn't believe the stuff they, they actually did talk about throwing lamps at each other Ooh. and yeah. uh yeah so i hope you don't get to you know try and try some other uh, home accessory. Leave the lamps alone. Sure. No, I I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, I wish you luck on that podcast. You're going to be the podcast king. Uh, I'll, I'll be something. Yeah. Well, speaking of this podcast, you did some research. Our and we we employed you know all the research firms to find this out, but we've decided if anybody hasn't noticed yet to move our releases to Thursday based on. Tons of research. We put in millions on this. Yes, m- millions and millions, and some article I read in passing. <laughs> <laughs> Something like there that. Well, plus, logistically speaking, we generally record on Mondays, and this gave a little bit more of a buffer from the time that we recorded to the time we released. Yep. And uh, and then we were also releasing sometimes on Mondays. Monday bonuses, yep. and this gives the right amount of time between those. So thursdays we hope you all are subscribing and uh enjoy a thursday release now and let us know if you have any thoughts no one ever tells us anything we're left in the dark right so far no complaints it's early on but no no complaints just yet right okay well good well so this thursday today when everybody's listening or it could have been actually this could have been released yesterday or four days ago um one of my favorite people in portland and i i think yours too um vitaly paley who i like to call kind of the godfather of portland chef oh yeah uh, so many of the people who've made a name for themselves in the city have gone through now it used to be just paley's place now there are a bunch of kitchens that they would have gone through mm-hmm. uh to have been under vitaly paley's mentorship and um and done very well, but aside from that, he's done very well for himself and his wife, Kimberly. They now have five restaurants in Portland. Um, when we had them on the last time, if you go back, it was the first year when we did our couples month in May. Uh, so that would be back in the double digits of 
podcast. Uh, they had just, I believe they were just about to open Imperial, or they had just opened it. They just opened it. They, they had so, opened it. It had been open for a little bit. Yeah. So, but that was his number two, and now we've got five. And, of course, The Crown has gone through a couple of iterations since then. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Vitaly has really, you know, aside from making a national mark for himself um, on uh, Iron Chef America and Battle Radish a few years ago and winning, yep. uh, certainly has, you know, he really embodies what Oregon and Portland is all about because he and Kimberly moved out here in the early 90s when they identified uh, an area where they would like to have access to the best ingredients available. And that's really what they started Paley's Place around years ago and uh, and have built on that. And many others, I won't say have followed suit, but let's face it, a lot of people have taken a look at what uh, the Paley's have done and, uh, and their influence is all over Portland. Yeah, and, and not only their influ- influences, but at a certain point during the podcast, Chris, you did a little uh, uh, name word association with some of those people where the Paley, uh, that uh, the Paley's have had their influence in. Right. Just to get a little, uh, you know, some some of the better chefs in Portland who've been through there and what he thinks about them. Everybody who's left Vitaly that I know of still has respect for him, too. And the other reason that we wanted to talk to him now is um, he and Kimberly just had completed a little voyage uh, meaningful voyage to them where Kimberly, Kimberly's family had come from in Turkey. They had some um, mind-opening experiences there and then uh, back to Vitaly's homeland for the first time in a long time. So it was interesting to talk to them about uh, something that meant so much to both of them. And we'll also, we're going to see little influences in that trip in their, um, in their menu and the flavors that they're going to be offering in in the restaurants going forward. And one thing that you're going to have to listen to to find out, uh, Vitaly actually addresses where he considers home because he's got a few places to choose from, but he actually says in the podcast where he calls home. Right, so when he goes in the Baseball Hall of Fame, we'll know which hat he's going to wear. Right. That's important to know. Yes, we need to know that. But uh, at any rate, thanks everyone for listening, and we think you'll enjoy this one. Mm Mm-hmm. Right at the Fork is proud to be supported by Zupan's Markets. For over 40 years, unsurpassed quality from the best meats and wines to the freshest baked goods, flowers, and more, with a delicious emphasis on locally sourced items. The best of the Northwest Bounty can be found at your closest Zupan's on West Burnside, McAdam, or Lake Grove, and at Zupan's.com. Eat well, put taste first, love your food. By Ringside Steakhouse. Owned by the Peterson family for generations, Ringside Steakhouse has long been a landmark of the Portland landscape, featuring impeccable service that has set the standard for nearly 75 years. Enjoy the finest aged steaks, their world-famous onion rings, and even Ringside's legendary late-night happy hour. Whether it's a special occasion, a business dinner, or just a great night out, make a reservation at ringsidesteakhouse.com today. And by Portland Food Adventures. 
inviting you to listen to Right at the Fork, episode number 170 with Proud Mary Coffee's Nolan Hurdy. Then imagine yourself eating and sipping your way through Melbourne, Australia this April for nine incredible days of VIP treatment at Nolan's favorite places in Proud Mary's home city. It's all at portlandfoodadventures.com under the Trips tab. Contact Right at the Fork host Chris Angeles for more information and extra savings on these PFA food journeys. Canada's pretty tough. They're they're tough. Across well, Canada I border. bet you now they're a little more pissed off yeah. now than they were, you know, a yeah. year ago. I've traveled there back and forth a couple of times, and there was definitely like, you got wine, you got food. Right. There, you know? Any contraband yeah. Yeah. is a problem. They, a few years ago, I was bringing back these... Yeah. I don't remember the name of them, these goofy cigars that this woman turned me on to. Yeah. And because I had them, they were legal. You know, you yeah. could buy them in any, anywhere, but they thought, oh, this guy's got cigars. Uh, they tore yeah. my yeah. interior apart. They took the panels off and didn't even bother to really attach them. I had a, chef, I had a chef friend come over from BC and he was eating an apple while he was crossing a border. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Do you no, imagine you, the stir of that con- no. You're not supposed to bring vegetables or fruit across the border. He was eating an apple. Yeah, that took him like hours to of all explain times, himself. Of all times. <laughs> Yeah, I had I had fruit going over, and I didn't remember. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, so speaking of speaking of speaking of borders and travel, mm-hmm. you crossed a few borders this summer. Oh yeah, and uh, had some meaningful travel in your life. Not that I think most travel we can categorize as meaningful. You you draw some experiences from it, but uh, you went to Turkey. The whole trip started with my mom was asked to teach at a music festival in Georgia. And she reached out to me. She says, wouldn't it be awesome if you came along and we actually connected with your relatives that we haven't seen in over 40 years? Mm. It took me a minute to just digest that. And then eventually I was like, sure, let's do it. Well, especially with your mom. I know you were hesitant a few years ago to... Well, think so, about going to but, the old country. Well, but so the old country is like not the old country anymore because Georgia is not part of the old country. Well, it's Georgia part of the United itself. States. Everything. No, 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 no. not Georgia. As a, as right. a, it's a Republic of Georgia. Right. The, well, no, 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 no. I didn't. I knew that. But yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. All of what was the USSR. Yeah. It's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The USSR broke apart in 1991, right. and the country is still kind of reeling from it. Still. Well, you know, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough. The, the mm-hmm. Soviet regime was, was in place and it was very strong for, you know, better part of the 20th century. And uh, when they just pick up and go and leave you alone, and that's the, that's the hard part for, I think, the country. They went through some civil wars and a bunch of other stuff. And, but nonetheless, it's a free country. It's a country of wonderful, welcoming people. Um, so back to the story, she was asked to teach in Georgia. And when I found out that we could actually uh, have our relatives come down from Russia and meet us in Georgia, that was amazing. How long a trip is that? And 
By the way, it couldn't be amazing. It had to be something else. Oh, Jesus. I'm so sorry. I was going to start by asking <laughs> if you're feeling amazing this morning. For those who haven't listened to the podcast very long, we're not allowed to use the word, that word on this podcast. I was, I was going to try to throw the word amazing every chance I get. Yeah, just good. Well, that, well go with not, it. Go with I'm it not, now. <laughs> you may as well go with it now. That's what some people have done, which is why we banned the word. It was like amazing. was Everything was amazing. Okay. I will, I will choose my words carefully. You, and you speak in Russian and that way we'll never know <laughs> <laughs> so anyway the two the two uh two girls that i've last played with when i was 12 years old i saw them for the first time 42 years later when i was in georgia they came down from rostov to meet us and we basically plopped ourselves there so that was an emotional experience but on the way to georgia <clears throat> you have to fly through turkey and when you're flying through Turkey, you can't just like walk in the airport and hop on another plane and go. You have to, like, we've never been. Mm -hmm. So Istanbul was always a city that I've honored to visit for many reasons. And then Kimberly's family is from Turkey. So this was really kind of a, although she doesn't have relatives in Turkey proper at the moment, her whole family uh, came from Turkey. And where are they all now? Uh, mostly California. There's some actually in Portland mm -hmm. um, that live here. Her uncle Mark passed away at the age of 105, probably mm. about 10 years ago. Wow! And he was one of the last uh, surviving clans from from that. Uh, though there are uh, still family. Both Kimberly's brothers live in Southern California, and so that was kind of a family reunion family trip family tree uh you know emotional experience for all of us as we're eating our way through istanbul you know she'll we'll go into this place and she'll try something and she goes my god my grandmother used to do this and so that was like this emotional connection to the past through food which you've been doing for you've been able I've, to do for I, years i have been trying my best to <laughs> kind of use the muscle memory that I have from the past. Uh, but this time around, it was pretty real. So as we're traveling to Georgia at this point, hop a plane, it's literally an hour and a half flight to Tbilisi. Mm -hmm. And you're in the, in the middle of this wonderful, just gorgeous place, sunny and beautiful. And though parts of it is old and then there are parts of it that's new. And, and of course the, Memories that come back when, when you connect with someone you haven't seen in 42 years. Mm -hmm. The tears and the hugs and the more tears and more hugs. And then, of course, you start connecting and it's like you haven't skipped a beat. And it must have been extra special for you because you haven't been going back to class reunions and all that. No. you just, you left. When we left the country, it was, a, you know, it was one of those things that you, you know that when you leave, you may never come back. And that was the, that was at that time, back in the Soviet days, that was the deal. And how old were you then? I was 13 when I left. And, and at that, that's got to be, you know, it's traumatic well, for a 13 year old to change schools, to do anything. You're changing my mom, cultures. My mom, my parents, my mom actually took the brunt of uh, the, uh, the hardships, of course. I was a kid. For me, it was one big adventure. I did everything I needed to do to, to be a part of that and help my mom as best as I could. 
by working at gas stations, pumping gas in Rome. Oh, I, did I mean, that too. you we remember? Did, we yeah, can, we, we, can, talk, we talked about that actually. That was a fun one. Yes, well, petroleum transfer technician. Yeah. <laughs> that was me back that, in the day. That was my career at one point too. And I actually, it's a great. It's, yeah. you're outside. Put it yeah. that way. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So uh, you did at 13. You did that. Was it just you two? Just, just my mom and I. My dad came two years after. Mm-hmm to reconnect with us. But we ended up traveling to Rome, actually to Vienna first, then to Rome, stayed there while the immigration papers were processed and then eventually reunited with the family in the States. But that was the last time I've traveled to that part of the world or I've traveled from that part of the world. And to come back to Georgia, because Georgia was always, the Georgian food, uh, because it was part of Soviet Union, was a big portion of what we all knew growing up as kids. And so for me, to eat that type of food, to cook that type of food is is new, but at the same time not new because I'm, I'm I, I've eaten it when I was a kid. So for me, these these muscle memories are coming back. Um, the flavors, the you know, Georgia was as far as you could travel back in the day, uh, and that was the exotic place for us to go to. We couldn't travel outside the country. So coming back was a an emotional experience that I still. I flipped through my photos and uh, started reconnecting with my with my cousins that I haven't seen since then. We reach reach to each other out on WhatsApp and who's looking Vibro better? And who's looking better, the guy who's been in the United States all that time, <laughs> or the ones that have been actually, over there? Actually, no. I I think I think they all of us have aged quite nicely. I think uh, very good. I think we're about the same age. They're mm-hmm. slightly older than I am, um, but they're just wonderful people. It's like we haven't skipped a beat. They don't speak. They understand a little bit of English. Um, and of course, I had to practice my Russian. And the more I spoke, the better I got. How many days into it did you feel like, oh, wait, I feel, because I did that with Spanish in yeah. Spain. At one point, it sort of kicks in that you're thinking mm-hmm. in Russian mm-hmm. or Spanish. Um, how long did it take for you to? It took me a couple of days to yeah. get into it. Um, I, I quickly understood that I couldn't mix English words into my Russian mm-hmm. because they don't understand those words. Right. That's how you speak. That's how I speak in this country. When I speak to my mom, she's, since she speaks English, the, the the connection is always I'll speak Russian. If I don't know something in Russian, I'll throw in an English word, and she understands it. They don't, so I have um, to. Yeah, I have to be mindful of that for sure. So, did they um, have they been following your career path? Did they? Did <laughs> so they knew you were a chef and that you made a name for yourself. They have been. Because you left as a pianist. People uh-huh. may, may, may not know that. I, mm-hmm. I know that, but mm-hmm. I just thought we might, we might yep. clue people in as to what happened when you left, Ru- when you left Russia, the Soviet yeah, Union. Yeah. We rec- as when we reconnected, it was um, uh, after years of, this was, social media has been up and running for quite some time. And of course, we've All right. become friends on Facebook and, you know. Uh, so they've been following, and and I remember when I won the Iron Chef. Of course, they ended up uh, downloading and watching um, the episode, and um, so we, we've we've been connecting for quite some time. My mom has been her her sister, my aunt, is still alive. She's in her eighties, but and she she couldn't meet us because she was a little too old to travel. Um, but she's still alive. So my mom and her communicate quite often, actually. Mm-hmm. So what do they say about your food? Do they do they comment about because you're a guy? It's very interesting because you wouldn't think Vitaly Paley has time in his kitchen to be photographing food and putting it up on Instagram, <laughs> but you do a good job of that. And it's uh, I I guess 
you must enjoy it or you wouldn't do it. You would say, someone else do this for me, right? So, Well, we do a combination of all. I, I, I try to post it on my personal Instagram, especially things that I enjoy, especially mm-hmm. things that I like, especially things that I, I feel I should share. Mm-hmm. I, I don't... I, I think I think people post way too many things here that maybe they should they shouldn't share. <laughs> but oh, I, I like lot. what I, <laughs> there's quite a bit. Um, I enjoy I enjoy what I do, and when I do, and I feel like I need to share, I I, I usually do it. Well, that's good, and it, the byproduct of that is it goes yep. back it yep. goes to people you don't know yep. or you do know, yep. and they uh, can keep in touch with what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. So, so, did you have some really nice family meals when you? Uh, when you were back there? We did. Yeah, we spent every day together, all day long. Literally, we met each other at about, uh, we left our hotel, they rented a Airbnb, and we literally a block and a half away from one another. They booked it that way on purpose. We booked uh, uh, private tours of the countryside, of the city. Uh, so we had a, a van meet us every morning. We were there. We rode in the van together. And, were you taking notes? Because one of the features of your Donette series, and it was so impressive to me, is that you pull out a book and tell stories of, you know, from, from Russia, Soviet Union, to talk about the food. Uh-huh. So now you're there with some new experience. Those are all based on your past and what mm-hmm. you're reading. Yeah. Now you're there with your own personal yeah. experiences. Um, did you take notes? Took- and have, can we taste some of that at Paley's Place or... I, I, I assume it would be Paley's place where I, you want to really serve that. I took lots of notes. I took them on many different uh, media devices. I have to corral them in. I haven't really had much time since I've come back. Um, but they're, some of them are quite detailed. Some of them are a bit discombobulated. I'll have to put them together. But I, I really took detailed photos and detailed notes of some of the culinary experiences. Not just culinary experiences, just experiences in general. But... Some of the flavors that I've tasted there, we, we, my mom stayed at this hotel called Hotel Zuzumbo in Tulavi, which is uh, right smack in the middle of Kaheti wine country, um, which are some of the more fantastic wines that we've had throughout the trip uh, in that valley. Natural wine movement is pretty big all over the world, and that's pretty much the birthplace of it, mm-hmm. is Georgia. Mm. So as we're staying there, there's a place called Hotel Zuzumbo, and... Uh, almost every night, well, every night for them, for my mom and 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 uh, the other two girls that are staying there, they ate there every night for dinner, and we ate there at least three or four times together. Uh, this is one of those mom and pop places that there's two women, one of them is the owner, the other one's a chef. They both cook, they go to the market, they shop, they come back, they make the food, they serve the food, and it was just like one of those experiences that you eat this authentic experience, authentic food, and an authentic experience and they throughout. don't need to call it authentic it just is it just is right exactly yeah i i just it was it's the way of life for them mm-hmm. this is what they do this is how they roll and and to be able to sit down at the table and and experience this i i my words can't even describe it so some of those flavors are still vivid in my mind when i come back i've i've requested that we spend a few hours in yeah i requested they we spent a few hours in in their kitchen and they happily obliged it was kind of unheard of that somebody would request that but they were very nice to me and uh, 
So you're, we sta- cooked, you're we cooked, stashing. We, exactly. We, we cooked together. We ate together. We drank together. She goes, well, we're going to make kinkali. These are like little Georgian soup dumplings. They're really big ones. So we're going to make kinkali together. This is how you make it. And when they cook them off, she goes, well, you can't just eat them without drinking cha-cha. Cha-cha is this Georgian vodka. Mm-hmm. So you have to drink vodka and you have to eat the kinkali together. And that's the experience. And so, of course, as we're making them, we're drinking, we're eating and then we keep going making food, and the more you drink, the the happier you get. And mm-hmm. So I got to practice my Russian. Uh, they parted some of the recipes with me. I watched them make it. It was this beautiful that was some spot. makings of a good documentary. You yeah, it's, you should have had a videographer. I, oh. I, I would I would like love to go back at this point because mm-hmm. I just I feel like I've got the tip of the tip of the iceberg of what that part of the world is fairly unknown on a culinary map. Mm-hmm. There are so many flavors because it borders on so many different countries in the Ottoman Empire. You have this richness. Some of them call it, uh, the, the Georgians would call it satsivi and, and in India they would call it uh, curry. Uh, in, in, uh, in, in Georgia they call it uh, puri, which is a bread made in a big old tandoor style oven. In, in, uh, uh, in India, they would call it naan, and the, but it would be a very similar bread made the similar way. And this this crossover of cultures and spices and just culinary traditions is I, I've never experienced before. And then you were getting also the uh, broader experience in Turkey, eating there. Yeah. So, and yeah. you've never been there before. So Turkey is, Istanbul is this... God, how do I describe Istanbul? It's 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 a city that uh, they say New York never sleeps. Uh, it's 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 on speed and in slow motion all at the same time. Uh, there's 20 million people, and that's not including the people that travel there. It's this mixture of old, like really old, eight thousand year old mm. mosques and Roman Empire stuff that's mixed together with the Ottoman Empire. They've been invaded by everyone, and everyone who have invaded them left their signature on that part of the world, and you get to experience it. That's just, and it's going through major changes now too. So. Yeah, it's 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 constantly moving. It's constantly in upheaval. There's some some political this and some political that going on, but you know the city is so big, you don't get to notice any of it. Life goes on, no matter what the politics are. It's it's crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, you get to try, you get to hop on a ferry from one side of the continent to the other continent. So the city is located on uh, there's an Asian side and there's a European side. So you go from across Bosphorus, which is a straits that connects Sea of Marmara and, and the Black Sea, and you get to hop on a ferry, watch the sunset. And then you're on the other side of the world, which is Asia. And that's just mind-blowing. You know, it's just, it's unreal. We ate at this one place on the Asian side called Chia Safrasi. Uh, the chef there, his name is uh, Musa. I forget his last name, but he was featured in a uh, recent uh, episode of The Chef's Table. Largely credited with rejuvenating the recipes of the old world. And we ate this dish, which is lamb meatballs braised with cherries and shallots. And I just... I still can't stop thinking about those flavors and I had to come back and investigate the dish and made my own version of it and now it's on the menu at Rosa Rosa. And so these are the things that they're slowly like creeping up on our menus as as we're as I'm trying to like digest everything that I came back with. So you you now have five restaurants in which you can 
you can play around with a little we, bit if you want to play with. But I always assumed that the Russian, you know, that part of the world, mm -hmm. the more experimental stuff would take place at Paley's Place because it's just a little more open there. You know, Headwaters is a seafood restaurant mm -hmm. and Rosa Rosa, a little more Italian heritage. Well, I, Rosa Rosa to me is, so, so the name came about with, uh, my grandmother was, was named Rosa on my, mo my mother's side, and we're living in the city of Rosas, and the way I kind of like to describe it. Oh, so it has nothing to do with Italy. I no, just, not I well. I assumed it was pretty yes, yes and no. Yes and no. It, it has, let me, let me kind of give you a little, t uh, uh, you know, a two-minute explanation here, but Rosa is my grandmother's name, and Rosa is also named after City of Roses, and the food... Uh, and the the vibe is the journey that it took from the first Rosa to the second Rosa in my life, in our lives. And so as we travel through time, we travel through geographic locations as well. And so, of course, you've got the Russian and then a bunch of time in New York City eating New York City Italian food. And so you have mm -hmm. this New York City vibe in a back room of Rosa Rosa where we serve, I like to call it wise guy Italian it's a little bit more scripted, if you will. You, there's there's tablecloths, but the place is really sexy and really cool. And it's very cool. Yeah, and you get to come there and you get to like have a special time. And and then the front room is a little bit more relaxed. It's come as you are, eat as you want. Uh, a little bit more energetic, a little bit more bar, cent bar centric. Uh, and the foods of Turkey and New York and travels through time. Are all in the menu. It's it's a. I don't know if I can describe it in any other way. It's a pretty eclectic mixture of ideas, uh, but I think they work because they make sense to me. That's good, and they're going to be delicious. That's, that's, that's all the, that really that's, matters. That's the idea yeah. in the end, everybody's got to yeah. categorize yeah. everything, and we live in yeah. the city where there are all these new yeah. concepts yeah. coming up, and so yeah, everybody's always trying to uh, categorize everything. So now you you're in a few hotels. Mm -hmm. So. Can you uh, tell us what the advantage to you, why all of a sudden that seems, that's the model that works for you. And, um, and then I'm curious as to how that, uh, because of that, how you feel about your little darling place, Paley's Place, how, <laughs> how that fits into that mix. Well, Paley's Place started it all for us. Yeah. And so I, I, of course, have to, have to always nod, um, uh, take my head off. Uh, and have Paley's Place be, we call it the mothership. Mm -hmm. um, that's, to me, a more of a personal expression of our lives through foods in Northwest, through what's seasonally available here. That's kind of Paley's Place in a nutshell. We're exploring French because that's where I learned how to cook in New York City and... Uh, we live in the Northwest and we have these beautiful ingredients available to us. And so all of that is this personal expression of the Northwest seasonal is how I like to describe Paley's. But um, it took us about 18 years. We're about to celebrate, by the way, 24 years. It's going to be 25 years and it's been about a year at Paley's wow. place. It's a big who, deal who date for us. Who say that? Well, you, well, Craig at Ringside is going yes. to be 75. Yes, yes, yes. So, uh, There's few of us here that, that are that are still slugging it out. You know, Greg Higgins is going to be 25 pretty soon, too. At Higgins? At Higgins, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. He, they opened before us, yeah. Yeah, we came here and Higgins is already open. Wow. Uh, so there's a few of us still slugging it out and I think still having a good time at it. And um, I, and for me and anybody who listens to this podcast knows that yours are the places that 
they're harder. To, it's harder for you to get attention because you're not the new shiny thing. On yeah, the block. those are the those are the pitfalls sometimes of uh, having a good old established play. But but there's something to be said about this longevity, just knowing what you do in and out. The well, being that's able to- what I think that the biggest the the biggest feature mm. is that you've been there for 25 years and survived a tough market. Look at all the restaurants mm-hmm. closing in you know different. Um, economic conditions for the city and you've survived all of them honestly to put false modesty aside i think we're not just surviving we're still being relevant and still producing some of the most creative some of the most creative food out there and and service frankly you know i think i think we i'm glad you said that i'd like to think that we are the golden standard yeah well i i would think it's a it's easy to say that as someone who gets asked a lot you know where to go for the consummate Northwest experience. I mean, why yeah. would you not go to? Pa- why would yeah. you not recommend Paley's place? It's so. It's when your mind is spinning, and there are yeah. all these restaurants. Yeah. Oh, that's the obvious. Yeah. And Higgins yeah. too. Those yeah, are absolutely. they're all. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, congratulations Thanks. on that. Thank and, you. Uh, I'm sure there were some difficult times along the way. Oh, we Restaurant went, business is tough. Well, we went through recessions, and you know, nine eleven, and God, all of that just came and went, and. Very unfortunate, very hard times. We weathered through it. It's a small place, small enough where both Kimberly and I could roll up our sleeves and work a little longer, work a little harder, and we weather through it. So, do you is there um, do you see any challenges now that are uh, in just part and parcel of current Portland today with all the cranes up and all the people moving in and. You know, you look look across the street from Rosa Rosa. Mm-hmm. Dougie, your yeah, guy, yeah, 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 is yeah. opening this big, yeah, yeah. you know, hotel restaurant. And that's not, if you look back six years and said, what is Doug Adams going to open up if he opens his own restaurant? That's not what you would be thinking it was. Well, he found himself. Right. You know? and, and, I, and, I, and, I, a, and I commend him on that because I, I think it's a good thing that when you find your voice and you find your focus and you stick with it, just go for it. You, you know, don't look back. It's the only thing that's going to hold somebody up as if they doubt themselves really that's that's the big deal and i'm enjoying the process too the challenges are many but i welcome those challenges because it makes us better if you're weather them the challenges through well not only that you're taking on more challenges <clears throat> five restaurants is, yes. is not it's probably not five times as challenging it's probably 50, 25 times as challenging <laughs> you hit it right on the nose. <laughs> we have you know at this point i don't know exactly how many but over 200 employees all in um, the rewards and the challenges are many, but I think the the newly found profound responsibility that I now face by having that many people working for us, having them have their lives that we are part of. Uh, yeah, their their life's life's commitment, their family is on our shoulders. It's a big responsibility that we feel daily, and to try to be them for your employees for people that you work with day in day out so that they can be there for you it's a rewarding experience and i really enjoy it that's that's the new that's the new challenge but also the i welcome it because that's the how i grow professionally myself i I still have a lot to learn when it comes to managing people and that's always going to be the hardest part but that's the challenge that i welcome daily you've managed some uh some pretty significant people in the portland food world I mean, they came yeah. through your kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, we just mentioned Doug Adams. 
Um, I wanted to ask you, but I, I think at the end I'd like to do a little word association with sure. some of these folks. <laughs> but I, but if you, uh, for instance, Doug, uh, your first impression of Doug Adams when he came through your, uh, when he came to work at Paley's, he was a very young, ambitious gentleman. He had the spark in his eye that when you see it, you know that he's got thoughts that he needs to explore eventually. And that was, I recognized it pretty right off the bat. He put his head down, he worked hard. He not only worked hard, he was very diligent, very attentive, he learned quick. He's a, definitely a quick study. And when the Imperial was opening up and I was looking for a management team there, he came, he was like one of the guys that's like, okay, he's there new, new sous chef there. And how did he end up on Top Chef? How did he end up to be the guy? Because it could have been Benny, right? Yeah. At the time. Could, yeah. Could have even been you if you wanted to do I, that. I, I, I don't remember exactly how it took place, but I think it was someone had recommended him um, somehow or other these, these, these mysterious scouts. They somehow know things around the restaurant community and they began to interview him and of course, as they began to interview him, uh, he, uh, you know, immediately let us know. And under the secrecy of all kinds of stuff, we had to keep it all quiet. But the process was a pretty lengthy one. Um, I encouraged him. Because and it I, requires a lot from you, too. It does. Because you've well, got to let him go for a long time. And do you, you pay him during this period? We, we, ke we, ke we kept him whole, for sure, throughout mm -hmm. the process. It, wow. was, it was important. Uh, since I, we encouraged him to go... We gave him all kinds of considerations. Uh, it was important for us that someone like him wants to do it. This is his growth in life and hopefully with us. And when he came back, it was, uh, you know, he, his, his mark on, on what happened at Imperial was pretty solid. Uh, him and I worked really creatively really well for quite some time to do that but so yeah on your end you know you can have a lot of uh, altruistic feelings for doug and want to support him and that's all great but what you have to consider is from a from a business standpoint mm -hmm. i of course it was it put imperial uh -huh. out there to a lot of people but you didn't know that going in that he was going to survive that many rounds uh, you, you, so you can't you know so he could have just been out Right I, off the bat. I honestly didn't think of it as, as, as anything other than an opportunity for someone that you want to grow professionally and personally. Uh, whether, it was whether he was going to come back a winner or a loser, it didn't really matter. I think it's just the process itself is something that you as a cook need to know. When I won the Iron Chef, the process that it took us to get from the training stages to the actual show was the process that we all became better in the process. We became better as cooks, we became better as managers, we just came better. Uh, and so I was, I always encourage anyone that wants to compete, they got to go in this competition. Win or lose, you just got to do it. Right. Because you become better in the process. I mean, we were, we were already growing. Our, our company was already growing. Imperial was already out there. You know, when he came back, it was just like this natural progression of things. Benny left to go to Laurelhurst Market and to work with those guys. And when Doug came back, it was like, okay, Doug, you're right, man. You're the chef. Let's do it. Mm -hmm. so, let's let's explore our combinations together. So it was fun. But I think also he had to, you know, there are people who travel the world and the country going to the places they see on TV. Yeah. That's, that's their criteria and that's how they form their itineraries. 
So that had to open up Imperial and everything you're doing to a lot of people. I think it was, uh, it had to be pretty big. And maybe it's, maybe I'm saying that because I'm really paying attention here in Portland, Oregon, and I know chefs. And but it's a big show. Hey, we're we're the center of the world to ourselves, and and that's and that's <laughs> fine. We we live we maybe live in a bubble, but we kind of like the bubble that we live in, and and, and that's fine. I, I you know I, I could credit the success of Imperial to many different things, of course, and Doug being one of them. Yeah, but, but the success of Imperial is is success of everyone that works there. My partner Garrett Marcel, my wife Kimberly, everybody who came before them, before us, everybody that came after us. It was just this combination of nucleus. And of course, when we got the restaurant of the year by Willamette Week, that took us up another notch, and you just kept you just kept going, you know. And and I just think the Imperial in general is just this this mix of eclectic ideas and people. Um, that have this approachability, you know, we've got the fried chicken, we've got the dry aged steaks on the wood fired grill. And it's this warm, welcoming, energetic downtown swanky restaurant that just hit it right out of the ballpark, pretty much right out of the gate, you know, and we kept growing. Let's take a quick moment right here, uh, Chris, to talk about one of our favorite places to eat in Portland, Ringside Steakhouse. And it's not like we discovered it and we're the only ones who no. have it as a favorite. It's been around for 75 years in the uh, Peterson family. And, uh, of course, it is, it is the go-to place for business meetings, business dinners, and special occasions. And birthdays. Show. I saw birthdays there the other day when I was there. Right. But it's not, a, it's not only a special occasion place. And it's not just about those great steaks, which, by the way, there isn't a steak you can order there that isn't fantastic. Or the prime rib on Monday nights to have that $35 special. Oh, yeah. That's fantastic. Yep. But the rest of their menu is is vast and delicious as well. They have some great fish. I just had, you know, when I used to go out, I ordered onion soup all the time. Mm-hmm. Portland isn't known for classic dishes. Right. Everything is creative, and um, but at, at Ringside, you're going to get classics, spin on classics, but that, that onion soup is something that um, was always a staple of mine, and ever since I've moved to Portland, I don't see it that often on menus. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ringside's is, uh, is absolutely delicious. And if you're having a what we call a Jones for onion soup. That's the place to go. Onion soup. Oh, yeah. Get over to Ringside. I'll also mention um, they're doing a special promotion for the Portland Auto Show coming up. If you go to at Portland Auto Show and use the hashtag why we go to the show on Sunday the 27th on the last day of the show, mm-hmm. uh, the auto show folks are going to pick... Uh, a winner uh, who gives the best reason $200 gift card to Ringside Steakhouse so if you want to go to Ringside and maybe find a way to go for nothing uh, just a little time on Instagram that's the way to do it very nice. I would. I would also recommend that uh, you, that maybe as you, uh, you know, try to try to win yourself to ringside, that you just go to ringsidesteakhouse.com and make yourself reservations for this weekend. That's always a good idea, or or during the week. Yep. I'm sure, they'd love to have you then. Oh yeah. Tuesdays are great. There you go. Any day of the week, ringside steakhouse. And how, how do you um, how do you give love? To five different restaurants. How do, how do you appropriate that? Because you only have so much time. And, you know, you're. if anybody did the math early on in the uh, podcast, you know, you're in your 50s. Uh-huh. You, you, had, you had given the <laughs> formula to figure out how old you are. In your 50s, and you're going to get to the age where this uh-huh. is a 
This is a hard industry and you uh-huh. want to want to relax. Uh-huh. You got a beautiful home, you got a beautiful wife, uh-huh. and there's a beautiful world out there for uh-huh. you to want to experience. So now you've got your energy going five different places. That's five children, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have kids, so these are your children. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you strike a balance between the restaurants, um, for one, and then life too? Restaurant life and life. I, I, I don't know if I have an answer to all of that, but I'm gonna attempt to answer some of it, of course, the the uh, the day-to-day operations, I have to rely on people that work for us, people that work with us, my partners. Uh, we have to be able to delegate, uh, delegate with intent, delegate with clear understanding that someone on the other side, when you speak to them, understands you. Um, that your philosophy, our philosophy of doing business, of treating people, both customers and guests and, and staff is something that permeates throughout our culture, throughout our philosophy, throughout our, our ranks. And so when, when you're able to communicate clearly to people that you can delegate to, they take that and run with it. I, I, I kind of say that I can be at two places all at once, but I can't be at three. So <laughs> you but, can now you can within a minute, <laughs> within a within minute, a minute yeah. you can be in a couple of places. So, so I make, I make my rounds daily. I connect with my key, our key uh, generals daily, if you will. Uh, sometimes more than daily, sometimes once every hour. Mm-hmm. Um, it all depends on what happens and what goes on. Uh, but, but I, I found the sense of rhythm. And uh, it's kind of liberating to be able to kind of stand back and manage from a different place in life, a different place in the business, um, being able to delegate, prioritize, help people prioritize, help people manage their days as well. Uh, and that's kind of what I enjoy these days is, is being a culinarian uh, is never going to take a second place to any of it, but at the same, because I find peace in the kitchen, I love to go back and grab my knives and spoons and I tell that's this, my happy place. I tell this story a lot <clears throat> when I'm, when I have to remind myself or somebody else about chefs and their passion. And especially in this town, you can't call it in. And, but you were at an event out in McMinnville where there are a lot of chefs and I walked up to you and I guess I knew on Facebook that it was your 50th birthday uh-huh. that day. Uh-huh. And I, I said, what are you doing? Because the way I think is very different than the way you think. What are you doing here on your 50th birthday? Why don't you, aren't you doing something fun? And then you pointed out to me and it, was, it changed me the, how I thought forever. You said, this is what I do. This is just what, so that's, was a, that was your idea of this is what I want to do on my 50th birthday. Go out here amongst, you know, with Jason over there, whoever it was, and, and do this. So um, that was... And you still carry that with you. I mean, otherwise I, you'd be taking a lot of days I, off, which I, you're not doing. I keep saying, while the fire's still burning, I'm going to keep throwing lugs at it. Um, when it stops, I'll, I, I, I like to say that I'll move somewhere where I can have an umbrella in my drink as opposed to umbrella over my head. And that's the... <laughs> you think you would move? I don't know. I, I, uh, Portland has been good to us. I love, I love the city. I love the city dearly. The city is is everything to me. We, we made our lives here. As a matter of fact, this is the place that I've laying, lived the longest anywhere else mm-hmm. I've lived. We were going to be here 25 years next September, uh, living and being in business close to that as well. So it's a, it's a significant chunk of time. I, I love the, I love, well, see, New York City is where I grew up. 
Mm -hmm. So those are my formative years. That's where my family is. And so I still feel like New York City is home because that's where I, that would, that's where my most formative years have been. You haven't, you've, Portland hasn't taken the place when someone says, where's home for you? Well, ho well there, I have two homes, right? Okay. So, <laughs> so home, home is where my heart is, which is, which is New Both York. Places. And, and uh, home is where I physically live and, and really love living as well. And that's Portland. So when you came out here and I, I wanted to touch on this. 25 years ago or 20, uh, and you took a job at Pazzo, mm -hmm. right? That was your first, first job. job. Mm -hmm. By the way, were you sad to see Pazzo close when it closed or is that just I ha the I have, way things are? I have mixed feelings about it, but I think, I think all things have an end. Everything, will, everything has a beginning and has an end. You know, it's just the way of life. So you just have to go with it. Um, Pazzo was in its heyday when I got here. It was the place that redefined modern dining well, helped redefine modern dining along with a few other restaurants that was Zephyro and Higgins and the Heathman was just kind of being up, uh, up and about and ran by, by, by Philippe Below at the time. And so that was, that was kind of the, in my opinion, kind of the golden time for us. I remember walked on the line at Pazzo. We were doing 350 covers for lunch and 500 covers for dinner on a daily basis. It was a tough place to be, but I welcomed it. It was, it was fun. And did you at that time th think, can you look back and think do you marvel at what's happened since then because i often say man if you if i went back 10 years and said this is what i was going to be doing i would have said you were nuts I, would you say that same I, thing 25 years ago i mean being being on that block at, at imperial next to Pazzo, literally in the same building mm -hmm. uh was kind of With, a was kind of a game changer it, was, it took us 18 years to get there but but uh finally we were kind of on the same on the same side of the street, it's 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 kind of cool actually. And, and and not only that, it's not only Imperial, but uh -huh. it's by Vitaly Paley up front. That <laughs> that is pretty cool. And uh, I would imagine that made you and your mom, yeah, and Kimberly and everybody else extremely proud. We're to all very see that. we're all very proud and happy for sure. I, I just think it's it's uh, a testament to hard work and dedication in, on all our parts for sure. We never took anything for granted. Uh, Portland has been, the community has been really good to us and we've been very active in the community as well and participating in as many fundraising efforts as we possibly can, being philanthropic where we possibly can to as much as we can. I mean, these are the, these are the things that are, are firmly forefront on our minds is being part of the community really helps. It just, just a symbiotic relationship that really makes sense for all, for all of us. And did you see that, um, does that exist? Because I never saw the food community in New York. Mm -hmm. But does that exist in New York? Because one of the things that struck me when I got here, and it was mostly in Connecticut, but that's a suburb of New York, mm -hmm. uh, my experience was chefs would sit, would happily tell you, go to their restaurant. You got to need to try that. You mm -hmm. do that. that. Never happened. I didn't think in New York. Is that culture in New York where everybody's as supportive as they are here? You know, good, good, good question. I don't really know what happens there today. Uh, not as much as it was when I was there, but I was just a cook back then. So for me, things were slightly different. Uh, I do remember, however, we do events together. There was this big, uh, big events, the chef's night out uh, for the share of strength. We did it uh, in New York City. That's where I kind of began doing it back in the day. Uh, this is the American Express uh, sponsored uh, uh, event. And I just remember all the chefs going from booth to booth to one another, being real friendly, being real helpful to one another. So I think the, 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 the chef community in general is pretty close. It's pretty tight knit. Um, 
now I have actually a few friends in New York City who are chefs as well, and uh, we really enjoy being with one another cooking. We just had recently uh, Bill Telepan from Oceana. He was here cooking a dinner with us, just reconnected again. It was really fantastic. He, he and I are almost the same age, and we had a interesting time reminiscing about the good old days in New York City cooking. It was, it was kind of fun. Yeah, it's good to do yeah. that. Do you have any uh, memories of, because you do a lot of collaborations, mm-hmm. um, any that you've done here either recently or the favorite collaboration you've ever done uh, with a chef? Brett Farmer is a good friend. Him and I have worked together co- a couple of times. That's probably some of my favorite times is to cook with Brad. Um, I really, really, really enjoy cook- enjoyed cooking with Bill. He's just a Call him the, the wild man, Bill. He was, he was a great guy. Uh, really, really enjoyed that time together. Um, it's hard to remember. I've, got, I've gotten so many. There's, there's a few collaborations that we've done through the years of multiple chefs together. And those are, those are always fun when you're able to do it. There's a, it's called the, the uh, Celebrity Chef Tour by James Beard Foundation. They do this tour around the country where they invite multiple chefs to do this. Uh, we did... We do several uh, of them throughout the year. We usually do one at Domain Serene. This this year we're going to do one at Domain Serene in April, right on uh, Easter weekend, I want to say. Mm-hmm. And I don't know exactly what the uh, what the organization, who the who the chefs are that the organization will involve. But I know I'm doing it, and I can't wait to see who the people are. And sometimes it'll be local. Uh, sometimes they'll be from elsewhere, and it's just a mixture of all. We just did a recent one with Gregory Gourdet, and that was just a, the most amazing one for um, for another James Beard called Roots mm-hmm. uh, that he put together. I don't know if you were there or not. I was not there, but he he had yeah. he went back to where he yeah. came from, yeah. Hi- yeah. Haiti, and yeah. he was doing a Haitian. But that was yeah. tw- there was tw- twelve of us, fifteen of us cooking dinner for three hundred people. It was just amazing how the community came together. It was just uh, just a an experience like no other, and it was clockwork, man. He's got it down. It was cool. Yeah, well, he's got a big yeah. he's got a big thing going up there, yeah. so he knows how to do it. Yeah. I've always uh, years ago, I lived in a, an area where uh, Jacques Pepin lived in uh-huh. Guilford. He was in Madison, Connecticut. We used to run into him. I didn't even know, but it, we, you'd run into him in restaurants because there are only so many restaurants. Yeah. So he started. He was a culinary director for Oceana Cruise Lines. Mm-hmm. We happened to go on one of mm-hmm. those cruises. Cooking four meals a day for 600 people. Uh-huh. Now, he wasn't actually cooking, but right. he had to you know, oversee that and make sure it was going like clockwork. That is incredible to, to keep up that standard of quality for that many people. You're talking about 300 people and a lot of cooks, you know, a lot of cooks in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. People yeah. would think that can be a little dangerous almost, but it, but it works. If you deal with pros, you know, we had Gabe Rucker and we had uh, Gregory, Gregory Denton. We had Katie Millard. We had, you Kim, know, this is- Kim, Kim Boyce and uh, God, I'm, I know I'm going to forget all the Greg, uh, uh, Greg Higgins. And, and then there was us and this is really the coolest experience. Yeah. I don't remember why I wasn't yeah. there, but I, I think I should have been, but, uh, anyway, that sounds great. Yeah. So you played around a little with cannabis. Uh, yes and no. Yeah, well, so explain that a little bit. It's, it's, it's by way of uh, my good friend Dave Hoyle, who has a farm called um, Moto Perpetuo Farm. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I've, I've known him for many years. He used to have a, he still is, but he doesn't do it to restaurants anymore. Is a, a, a farm called Creative Growers. And so it's Creative Growers slash Moto Perpetuo. And um, 
the Creative Growers is now a CSA-based farm farming that he grows the regular uh, crops for people that are take take shares. Uh, but the other one is the cannabis. He was one of the first legal licenses in the state of Oregon to start growing legal cannabis. And because he's a farmer, he understands the, 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 the circle of life. The whole farming thing is kind of a mystery to a lot of us. But he understood quickly that in order for him to, to um, uh, sustain and, and clean the farm properly, get, get, the, get the, the waste that's dealt with properly, he brought in a couple of pigs and kept on... <sighs> Uh, bringing those pigs and pigs would root for the cannabis roots and the leaves that you're not, they're not psychoactive by any stretch, but, mm -hmm. but it's like this very notion of this pig is being really happy and eating the cannabis leftovers and, and all of a sudden. And he it, doesn't know they're, they don't no, know they're leftovers. No, they're just, happy. they're just happy. Exactly. Yeah. They just root, they just root out there and then they help, they help Dave deal with the leftovers and they, they eat and stay happy in the process. And so the, once the pig reaches a certain age, you gotta, you know, you gotta do something with it. So, <laughs> reaches a certain size, and so the byproduct of it is is a pretty delicious, well-raised pig that tastes really good. And so, this very notion of like this pig ate cannabis, and now you're eating the pig, and so we're just having fun with it. We called it the high on a hog. We called the dinners high on a hog. One of the first ones was done actually with Brad Farmery, who was from. New York City from Saxon and Pearl. That was the first one we did at Headwaters. We did a recent one. We call it the pot roast in, in, the, in, the, in the parking lot of Paley's place where we just really rotisserie a whole pig and served it with a few different condiments and people came and there, so was no, there was no cannabis to be found other than the one that pig ate, really. So I've actually like... So do you think that we'll maybe someday be known for cannabis-fed pigs as, you know, like acorn-fed pigs and... Uh, and hazelnut fed pigs we're gonna there's gonna be a a run on this kind of thing to me the to me the pig um this particular finishing of the pig represents this hyper local sustainable uh circle of life we're famous for this farm to table movement if you will this is just an extension of that movement Oregon state is one of the only states that is allowed to legally grow marijuana. It only makes sense. That I've grown it, too it, much of it. Now. Well, that's a different story, but, right. but it only makes sense that we have this uniquely Oregon product that we're able to do. Nobody else can. And that's why you're doing it because exactly. it's uniquely it's Oregon a, and exactly. that's what you stand for. Exactly. That's fantastic. So I, a little fun changing topics completely. We, you and Kimberly were on the podcast, I think year one, mm -hmm. so go back in the archives, it's in the single digits, um, or double digits. Um, do, can you talk about when you met? Mm. I want to hear the love story. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was, I was reading, uh, the other day we had an old management meeting where we brought together all the heads of state from all the restaurants, and it mm -hmm. was the first one of How many kind. people are at that meeting? Mm, let's see, there was a GM and a chef from every one of the restaurants. So that's five. Well, that's actually four because the fifth one is the, is the pizza slash bar called the crown. Um, so, uh, let's see, Marcel, Kimberly, myself, Garrett, uh, then, then eight to, so 14, 15 people, 16 people at the oh, meeting. Okay. That's a good, that's a yeah, good size meeting. Yeah. You got a good cabinet we had there. A, we had a controller that's, that's uh, Claire for our whole company and, 
and my partner Marcel, Kimberly uh, Garrett was also our partner, and then of course the like I said, heads of state, the GMs and the, and the chefs, and, and Matthew. You're not, you're not placing a poster in front of you with your likeness on it, I assume. No, no, <laughs> I was there, <laughs> body and spirit and body. Yeah. So anyway, as I'm 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 flipping because I I uh, I'd love to usually begin the meetings by doing some readings, and I and I've and I do oh, readings, really? readings from books, cool. and so I read the introduction from Paley's Place Cookbook. And in that introduction, the very first paragraph about is how Kimberly and I met and what we've done. And we worked at this company called World Yacht Cruises back in the day. They used to do these round trips around the city, uh, East, East River, West, and Hudson River. And we would serve dinner and it'd be a three-hour cruise. It'd be a fun place. Um, that's where we met. It seems very unlikely, but it was, it was, it was a place that actually had... A three-hour cruise. I, yeah, exactly. But I, I look back at it very fondly. I met some amazing people there. I met some great people there. I met some people that have uh, helped me till this day. I, I look back at that in those days, and I say this this was a gentleman who unfortunately passed away. Um, his name is Mark Abrams. He, What would Mark do? What would M.A. do when, when there's a situation that I need to deal with? And so I always reflect back at it. That's your therapist, man. It is. Because that's my, what they're yeah, good for, yeah. being there when you're, they're not there. And and so That's one of the things we we did this on hundredth birthday of Statue of Liberty, we had this cruise that we all went out on back in the day. Kimberly and I were just beginning to notice one another, and I remember after the end of the cruise, as we're pulling in the dock, um, both and I decided to go under one of those uh, bulkhead staircases and probably made out some and. We, I just remember. And I, I remember. I remember fireworks. After that first kiss. <laughs> I remember fireworks, man. <laughs> that was it. Good. And so, you must have had quite a bit of fun in New York City. That's a romantic spot. Mm -hmm. There's a lot you can do there. Um, do you get out here in Portland? Do you get to continue that romance? How many? How many years ago was that? Thirty. Thirty years. Yes, 30 sir. Years. Yeah, we just celebrated our thirtieth anniversary. Congratulations. In that's a Thank that's you. a long run. Thank you. A yes. good run. Yes. Yes. Um, so do you, we're, we're homebodies. We really enjoy, we really enjoy, we live in a, in a, in a part of the city that's close to Forest Park. Mm -hmm. Leaf Erickson trail is literally about five minutes walk up from our house. Uh, we live up on the, on the West side of uh, route 30 and it's just a fantastic place to go and hike. And so our favorite time is we get up in the morning, we're having our coffee, we put on our clothes, we hop on the trails and. We do some hiking. We come back home. We cook together. Drink a nice bottle of wine. That's 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 the that's the pretty much the excitement these days for us, and it's a welcome welcome change from our very social, very active lives. Yeah. We enjoy we enjoy each other at home. It's quiet. Um, I one of the highlights of my life here in Portland, and there are a lot of highlights because I really love Oregon. Was when you invited me over to dinner, and uh, just just me, and um, it was a really peaceful place, and. Um, I will always thank you for having me over and hosting because that was a we loved really, having you. really cool experience. And you went all out. The dinner was fantastic. So. I'm glad. I'm glad. But you probably go all out a lot. It's easy for you to go all It's not easy, but that's what you do. <laughs> we, we like to eat pretty simply, though. Once in a while, we do throw on a good, a good meal. For example, Kimberly asked me for her birthday, which is not too long ago. To uh, what did she want to eat? And so she wanted a pheasant. I said, "Okay, let's do a pheasant." And then I said, "Would well, you want a pheasant or a duck?" She goes, "Well, I'm not sure, but so I decided to stuff a pheasant with duck, duck there you sausage, go. <laughs> and then we cooked it up and uh, roasted it, sliced it, served with some roasted vegetables, ate a nice bottle of wine, which we actually got on a recent trip in uh, 
in uh, Napa. We got a 30-year-old bottle of BV, which we paired together with the duck-stuffed uh, pheasant. That was pretty how, fantastic. How the Paleys celebrate we, <laughs> birthday. <laughs> but we don't do this every day, obviously. This is a very special occasion. So every day is a salad and a sandwich, a and soup. Are you... Uh, as as you get up in years, are you trying to eat a little more healthfully? Yes, or? yes. As a matter of fact, as of today, we're supposed to stop drinking for a few. We'll see how for that a few, for a few days. Is that a few for, hours? Maybe so yeah, for a few hours. <laughs> no, we think we think we think we'd like to take uh, uh, the time before we uh, leave town at the end of the month uh, to to uh, take a breather, stay dry for a little bit, and uh, um, eat healthier and. Are you biking? I mean, that's in your that's your in your email address. Mm -hmm. Your your love of biking. Do you still bike? I do. Not as much as I want to. Obviously, the time is always short, but I try to take a chance every chance I get, either bike or hike, uh, or sometimes I'll drive to Paley's place, put my car in the parking lot, and then walk from there to all the restaurants and walk downtown. So I, I try to stay active. Nice. And you're not you're not doing that with with Kimberly. She's not. That's, you're not a pair of bikers. You're not. You're not getting the. Uh, she the she she enjoys bicycling as oh, well. She does. Oh, yeah, she does, but not, oh, not not as much as I do. Oh, cool. Yeah, she's a, she's one of those bicycle in a basket type of gals, and I like I like a race bike. I like a fast one. Oh, you're cruising along. I'm just a I, for me the I, this is an unpopular thing to say, but the urban bicycling thing. For me, is a, I just am uncomfortable. I like to be where nobody. Yeah, mm. I, I just like that anyway. Mm -hmm. But I'm always a little concerned with traffic and how to negotiate it. So it, I commuted little... quite a bit uh, a few years ago before we opened restaurants. Uh, so for me, commuting was actually pretty good, uh, especially if you're in the restaurant business. You always commute in the off hours, uh, so there's really ne never a lot of traffic. But you got to be mindful, of course. And then, growing up in New York City, I'm used to. Veering my bike, bike in there? and out of the trap. We used to, Kimberly and I used to race. She would, she would, <laughs> she would, she would go shopping at Fairway Market on 78th Street, I want to say, and, and, and Broadway. And I would meet her there and we'd shop together. Then I hop on the bike and then she would take a cab back home. I'd literally beat her home because I would veer in and out of the traffic and get home quicker. To me, that would be the last thing I would ever want to do in New York City <laughs> I loved is it. ride a bike. I loved it. Man, that's, that's, uh, Glutton for punishment, especially, you know, and then, well, there's the weather too. Yeah. Have you um, been out and experienced anything in Portland now that particularly impressed you that you'd want to call attention to? I got to tell you, I've been pretty busy opening up restaurants yeah, and just dealing, dealing with day-to-day -day stuff that happens in our world. So I, I feel remiss by saying that I don't really, um, I, I should be more out there looking at the competition, if you will, but I don't. Oh, that's okay. But then, yeah. So let's be more construct yeah. constructive. Um, what would you suggest at your restaurants that someone must have? What are you serving now that it's like, that's, uh, and it could be something you've been serving for a long time. Any but if someone's listening to this podcast mm -hmm. and they're coming to Portland and now we're telling them you need to go to one of your restaurants or all of them. Mm-hmm. What should they order that they're gonna be? That's gonna blow them away. So Paley's place. I'll start there. Probably any type of dumplings that we do. Uh, most recent one are the sweet potato ushki. Ushkis are a little. That's a Russian word for ears. Little ears. Mm -hmm. They're stuffed with sweet potato and served with mushrooms and cream sauce. Pretty hearty for the winter, but it's delicious. Mm -hmm. It's one of the best things I've I've had there in a while myself. Um, Your duck that I had, the duck breast, the duck uh, breast, yeah, a month or so ago. Mm -hmm. 
fantastic. That was unbelievable. I thought that was... Luis, our chef there, has been with us almost 20 years, and our sous chef Stan has been with us for 10, and the rest of the kids have been there for quite some time as well. We've got a really amazing stable crew there, and uh, they're just uh, being real creative. I really enjoy the creative process with them. Of course, Stan's charcuterie is always a must to try mm-hmm. at, uh, at Paley's Place. Uh, I would say Headwaters, uh, anything off the raw bar, any of the raw bar preparations, oysters are supremely fresh, anything out of the brick oven. We do this kachapuri, which is this a Georgian dish, which is which is a, a, a bread that's stuffed with several different types of cheeses and some herbs and a and a, and a and an egg over the top. It's just really satisfying. We serve it for brunch. We serve it for lunch. Um, but anything out of the brick oven, whole fish like branzino or salmon that we get straight off the boat. Um, we just started working with uh, amazing producers out of East Coast in the winter. We're bringing in some fresh scallops out of, I want to say, uh, Stock, Stunnington, Maine. You you may know that area. It's, it's Stunning, yeah, no. St- Stonington, Rhode Island. Stonington, Maine. I want to okay. say. Yeah, I thought that was Rhode Island or North Stonington. Maybe there's yeah, a, there's a, there's probably one another one in Maine. Yeah, right. Um, then Rosa Rosa. Between the two sides, it's hard to say which one I like more because it's so new. I really am pretty attached to everybody. Kenny Jambal was a chef there with us, and him and I really having a fantastic time together. He uh, is also a New Yorker, and so we actually work for the same people at different times in New York City, so it's kind of fun to reconnect. Uh, but the dish that is forefront is something called boyo. It's a Jewish Sephardic preparation of a, a Turkish dish, if you will, but it's a Sephardic Jewish dish called boyo that has been in Kimberly's family for quite some time, since her grandmother's day. When her mom passed away not too long ago, we uh, were... I found an index box of index cards and there was the first recipe in there for boyo and that's what I remember eating for the past 30 years every time we'd come to visit. And so uh, we reproduced that recipe and now it's on the menu at Rosa Rosa as part of Rosa Rosa bread basket. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's basically a fairly dense yeasted olive oil dough that's stuffed with feta and spinach and Parmesan and pecorino and then then we make it and we roll it and make it like a little braid, almost like a challah braid. And then we we cook it, and then we slice it, and then uh, drizzle some olive oil and some fresh sumac over the top. It's just amazing. Oh, very nice. Um, so that's one of the dishes. The lamb meatballs are that, and then there's another dish called chicken chikmaruli, which is a dish that's made with blue fenugreek. I fell in love with when I was in Georgia at that hotel Zuzumba. That's one of the dishes that I brought back. So that's there. That veal chop is pretty good. Veal chop is tasty. I yeah. gotta tell you, veal chop is good, and it's and it's made from actually sustainable local uh, veal. That's a that's just a young cow that's 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 raised sustainably here in Oregon. You don't get a lot of veal in Portland. You don't. Where, you know, yeah. East Coast. When you're yeah. talking New York Italian, yeah. yeah. Every menu yeah, yeah, had yeah. four different veal dishes. Yeah, you just got a section called Vitello, right? right. Everybody's, everybody's doing something with four or five different veal dishes. But this is a veal chop that we grill on a grill, served Sicilian style. So it's kind of spicy. Like, it's salty. It's got the it's, bone in. It's bone. Mm-hmm. It's big. Yeah, bone. It's, a, it's a big chop. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Um, and then Imperial has wood-fired grill, so anything off the wood-fired grill, we do this amazing dry-aged burger. We bring in dry-aged quarter cow once every 10 days. We butcher it into fantastic steaks, and then all the trim, we grind and make burgers out of it. Uh, there's not that many, 12 to 15 daily, but they sell out like hotcakes every day. 12 it's, to 15 burgers uh-huh. a day at Imperial, and that's Imperial? Well, that's, that's just that burger. We've oh, got other burgers, obviously, but this dry-aged burger is really amazing. Oh, Nice. 
have to get in there for that. That yes. sounds yeah. like a nice little lunchtime thing yes. right now. Yeah. I'm getting hungry listening to this. We have since been uh, incredibly lucky to work with the Providence Hotels as our partners, as a hotel partners. They've just been a fantastic partner to work with. It, it's 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 a it's actually a rewarding experience to be able to deal with not just a a dinner house that Paley's Place is, but to provide every meal period, to provide the vibrancy and the energy that the hotel needs out of the restaurant uh, that's on property, but also have the synergies that all of us take advantage of. Being able to provide food and beverage for the whole property is, for me, is just a, a, a learning experience as well that I welcome. And so now that we're actually good at it, we have more opportunities as we grow as a company to just go to different places. By the way, Providence Hotel owns all the hotels that we're in, and manages uh, manages the Heathman Hotel as well. So, obviously, we're partners with just one partner at the. So, time. when you decide to go uh, to open Rosa Rosa, you know what the experience is going to be exactly. like. It makes it a little easier. To oh say, yeah, yes, yeah. Let's no, do you, this. you have to when, when you you actually have to like and enjoy working with someone if you're going to partner up with them for sure. This right. is this is. The first and foremost key to success. I, I, I wouldn't imagine, to, at this point, I can't imagine doing it with anybody else. Uh, between Bashar and, 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 and their whole provenance group, provenance family, they're just really fantastic, stand-up, quality-oriented, uh, everything that's in line with our philosophy people. It's, it's really great to be able to work with them. If they ever asked you to... to open up another restaurant in one of their, rest, uh, one of their hotels elsewhere... Is that something that would be on the table? I'll entertain it, absolutely. But at this point, I actually like walking from one place to another. Yeah, okay. I'm not sure how it would be if I had to do anything else than that. Oh, well, that, that would be fun. Yeah. But uh, that's for another day. Yes. Um, can we play a little word association? What, how are we? Yeah, we're right here. Okay. Just the, uh, actually name association. Okay. Can, you, wanna, you can give me one word to, dis, to the impression you get. And these are people, you, you know, the, the obvious cases I wrote down here. But one word, or you can go a little further if you want to make a comment. Uh, let's let's start with Benny Bettinger. Creative, reliable, great partner of Laurelhurst Market. We can't yeah. assume everybody yeah. knows. Yeah. So you you worked with him with Benny for years, and he was beside you. Benny, uh, Benny, chef. Benny started with us as an intern from school. Uh, stayed with us, became our chef. Came back as a chef to Imperial left to Laurelhurst Market, actually before before Imperial left to open up with Kevin Ludwig, who was another Paley alumni, mm -hmm. um, to open uh, over an inch, uh, no, Beaker and Flask. Beaker and Flask. Beaker and Flask, yes, 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 sorry. Which was a restaurant of yes, the year yes, as a bar. Yes, yeah. No. And then and then we won the Iron Chef together. So Benny's been by my side for many, many years. Think you're and done? I'm very thankful. You think I'll, you're done? Think maybe there's another chapter there sometime down the road? I don't know. You never know. Life life has a way of evolving, doesn't it? Right. Well, I'm going to throw that out there. Throw that little energy out there. I think it would be, be fun. Uh, and then your other cohort, um, uh, Iron Chef, Patrick mm -hmm. McKee, mm -hmm. who, by the way, sad to hear of Perlow's closing. Yeah, recently. yeah. It's, you don't ever want to... Here, restaurants closing. It's, right, it's always tough. But they'll come back as uh, hopefully in another form. But yeah. Patrick's solid, uh, great guy, um, wonderfully creative, hard worker. I don't know if I can ever describe any one of the guys like that who worked for us for ten years, maybe more actually, with just one word. It'd be it'd be 
Um, yeah, that's un- why unfa- I said you can be go unfair. Beyond that. It'd be you, unfair. You can go beyond that. You know, uh, the only way that would have been fair to ask you to do that was to send you these names ahead of time, <laughs> so you could just nail it nail in it. the moment. So yeah. I understand that. Uh, let's go with Kimberly. Oh God, Kimberly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kimberly's a rock. Uh, Kimberly you got, is. Do you want to stop at one word? You can no, I want to keep going. <laughs> I couldn't do this without Kimberly. I couldn't do everything that I did daily without her. She is just uh, in the thick of it. I'll receive a text from her. Remember that Kimberly loves you. That just it right there says everything in my opinion. I To have someone in your life that you can depend on that loves you and I love her back, That that relationship is... And let's not forget, it's just, it's not a marriage, just a marriage. It's a business relationship too, which makes it pretty challenging. I would not, I'm not going to automatically say it's challenging, but a lot of people don't do put both together. I, I call it rewarding. Right. Rather than challenging. Good. So to that, me, to me, the rewards are so many. I just think that who else would know and understand and sympathize and be there and hold your hand and have you hold their hand through the tough, thick and thin, all of it. Who else would understand the crazy lives we live in a restaurant business, right. unless it's someone that is in the restaurant business. And how much of your time together, your personal time that you'd like to be personal time, mm-hmm. are you talking about the restaurants? Oh, <laughs> it doesn't stop. With yeah, the, the, there, there's no turn off switch when you're on your own business, right? right. So we, 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 try, we try our best, of course. And, 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 and most of the time, these are, these are creative conversations, result-oriented, problem-solving, you name it. You know? Right. But we do quite a bit of just enjoying ourselves as we are, especially when we go away for a little trip trips. You drop you drop the business, you don't yeah. talk politics, no. the whole thing. Yeah. We all try to drop. Yeah. Talking about politics. Okay, so uh I was gonna mention Doug. You already talked about Doug, but uh and I think you gave some adjectives mm-hmm. with that. So uh I've got two more. Um Jose Garces. <laughs> <laughs> Loser. There you go. Good. <laughs> and that's it. We'll leave that. You found one word for him, and that's it. But I, I but, highly- but, but, but let's quantify that. <clears throat> People need to know that him and I battled on Iron Chef America, mm-hmm. Battle Radish. He lost the battle. That's the only reason he's a loser. I that's just wanna, it. I just, wanna, I just want to quantify that. Not because he is anything other than he lost the battle. That's it. And I uh, encourage people to go back and listen to our previous podcast with you where, where we talked about Iron Chef in a little more detail. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Well, much more detail. Yeah. So that's interesting, and I think it's a c- good companion piece to this one. And lastly, but not least, you're not going to be able to find one word for this man, Garrett Peck, <laughs> who, you know, he's been, he's been by your side, and, and he's running. He runs Imperial, and you can correct me on this, Headwaters, and is at Rosa Rosa now as well. Garrett, we, we like to lovingly call Garrett the mayor of Broadway. Mm-hmm. He is um, a one-in-a-lifetime individual. I, I can't have, I, I will not be able to describe in one word, at, no matter what, it's, it's, it's always hard. But uh, Garrett is a pretty special individual. He is our director of operations for entire company. Um. He is not only director of operations, he's also our partner, business partner. It is, he's, he's, another, he's another one of those rocks that 
in in our lives if you don't know a person like him who's always positive who will never have anything negative to say about anything and he will always find the positive side oh man the I mean, hardest worker spend more time with him the hardest worker you'll ever find <laughs> ever never skips a beat it, it, he's always there lending shoulder it's just it's i don't know how to else describe garrett i just well that's great yeah and with a beautiful wife now too. yes Joni. that i actually i i was i officiated their wedding did you really yes i did Mm. So, you know, I just had the opportunity to travel in Southern Oregon through Travel Oregon with Philippe Boulot. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I said, uh, I said, did you, I, I don't remember exactly how I asked, but you know, I'm, those guys got married. Did you go to the wedding? Oh yeah. And then he told me this whole story. I think he, he was taking credit for introducing you to Garrett Peck. And, that, and, 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 and truthfully, he, he should deserve that credit because he did. Yeah. I met Garrett when he was a GM here at the Heathman. Um, under Philippe. Under Phil, with Philippe Below, yeah. 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 And Philippe's a pretty, pretty fun guy. I, it, was, it, was real, it was fun to be Philippe's jumping one, around with him when he wasn't in the kitchen mm, and busy yeah. and we could just talk in a bus. Philippe's one of my best friends. Him and his wife Susan are dear friends of ours. Uh, he's a... Philippe is just a, a world of information. He's a fantastic chef. Do you ever go hunting Great with friend. him? Great friend. Once, just once. He's pretty intense. Is he Yeah, really? we went hunting once and we went fishing once together. And uh, I, I'm a city slicker. Those things are a bit foreign to me. <laughs> so once and you're out. <laughs> yes. Well, not really. I, I guess I, if I have a chance to do it again, I probably will. But not something I look, I look to do. Uh, as a as a hobby at this point, but that's his passion. That is. His Do you ever passion. get to go to the Mac Club? Does he ever feed you over there? Uh, we, I see that. I see him. I see him there all the time. We've we've done uh, events together. He's invited me for a couple of events at the Mac as well. I mean, so. do you get to sit down in those those comfortable boots? I and, don't belong in the club, so of course I I don't go there very often. Oh well, you can there. I'm sure he can arrange it. I'm it, sure it's Crab Month over there ah, too. Okay, what's going on? One last question, a little promotional. Make make your uh, publicist happy. Um, what's going on this month that should drive people into uh, we're any get, of your restaurants? We're getting ready for Valentine's Day for sure. That's the big thing on the on the agenda. Um, tossing around a few ideas here and there. Working on some crab boils that are going to be happening at Headwaters. Uh, we've got uh, right around Valentine's Day on 15th of February, we're going to do something called the Beef Steak. I don't know if you've ever been to the one that we've no, done. At it, it's at Imperial, mm -hmm. and it's an event that's really namesake, beef steak-centric. Uh, we serve several different types of beef. It's an event that dates back to the turn of the century, last century, that was uh, pretty big in, the, in, the, in New York City. And it's all you can eat, or basically back in the day used to be all you can hold for five bucks. At this point, it's all you can hold for $99. So under $100, you can have all you can eat beef and all you can drink beer. And uh, that's, the, that's, that's, that's the event. We have a music, we have a band. People walk in through the door, we give them an apron, we give them a hat. So look up. They don't give them napkins. Go to Imperial PDX we, and look yeah, up the, that yes, whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Do you ever get people saying, hey, um, I um, love to come. I'm vegan. What do you got going for me on that on that event? Well, no, I'm talking about that event. Oh, that event. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's there's relish platters, yeah, but okay. we tell we tell them to pick a different event. Ninety nine dollar relish platters. <laughs> well, listen. So with uh, going hunting was one and out. I'm really glad that the, coming to this podcast was not one and out. So we're now two, 
and always interested in having you back for to for a conversation because um you're a dear friend and a um a talented talented man in a you know in a in a wonderful world here thank you very mm-hmm. much chris you're very kind very generous with your comments and i really enjoy coming here and speaking with you as well and Thank you for helping me remember a few things because those things are fun to remember. Oh, good. I'm glad. But uh, you're you're a key man here in Oregon, and and uh, anybody who uh, finds this place near and dear, they they have to check in with you and eat your food. Too. Thank you. Thanks so much. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com. <laughs>